How's everybody doing? Good. Uh, first, I wanted to let or ask, whoa, it's a little long. Thanks, guys. Uh, is, if Pastor Michael is here, if he could do this this morning, that would be great. So, oh, he left? Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, you have to admit the man has skills, so um, if you ever need something done, uh, he's a great guy to ask. Um, a couple, just a, a thank you and a, a quick uh, facilities apology up front. Thanks for making it out here uh, for your awareness. Uh, we do publish the, our inclement weather status on our own homepage. We don't follow what Fairfax County or OPM or anybody else do because Fairfax County isn't doing what they did, and apparently OPM's allowed you to telework, I think is what it's called today, if you guys are familiar with that term. I don't know, but uh, apparently if you work for the government, you can telework. Um, so if you want to try that, go ahead. Good luck with that. I don't telework. I go to work. But uh, uh, but our so because we can't follow them, we, we've decided this year and probably further on out, we're going to follow our own uh, guidance and do the best we can. So by the afternoon of the day before, we're making the decision for today. And you can go to the uh, burkcommunity.com, look under inclement weather, and you can find the status. So, But you wouldn't know that, and you came here anyway, so I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, the other apology is uh, because we let our staff go early last night, we did not uh, reconfigure the classrooms. So if you're in groups one through six, uh, groups one and two are going to share a space, three and four are going to share, and five and six are going to share. Please don't move the wall. Don't try to move the portable wall. You can move the tables around and the chairs and try to make it a little less loud, but uh, I apologize that uh, it's not set up like we should have it. So there you have it. Um, let me pray, and then we'll, we'll reopen the Word of God. Um, Lord God, thank you again for this gospel, for, for Dr. Luke and his diligence in, in writing it, for his generation and for us so many years later. Pray that you would open all of our ears to hear what you have to say and, and our hearts and our minds as well. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Uh, God is good. And uh, so today we're going to look at this preface of the Gospel of Luke. And we're going to look at the first four verses only. And it's a little bit of a tie back to what Pastor Michael talked about last week. And then a little bit of more about how the Gospel is structured as a whole. Um, Okay, let me just build these up for, I was going to try to build them. Okay, uh, we're not going to worry about that. So uh, just to warn you and make another confession right away, we're only looking at four verses, but the rest of the semester we're going to look at large chunks of scripture, <laughs> large chunks of Luke. Next week, we're going to go from Luke 5 to Luke 80, 8-0, all right? So this is, I realize we're in the worship center. You're used to hearing Pastor Marty go through, you know, a possibly a verse or half of a verse in 45 minutes. That's not going to happen at base camp. So buckle up, buttercup, okay? Yeah, you're going to get it easy today, kind of. And I'm grateful that I only had four verses to kind of prepare and go through, but you're going to need to join us in this as, as we go down the journey. You need to get into the Gospel of Luke. You need to read it. I know it'll be the second or eight, you know, 802nd time you've read it, but you do need to be prepared as you come to uh, base camp. So we're going to attempt to address just that first sentence. Uh, it's one sentence. It's four verses in, in most of our translations uh, with some depth, but uh, 
just so, just so you're aware, this first sentence in Greek is, uh, I'm not going to read it in Greek, but the, the tone in Greek for what it's wor- worth is it's intended to convey the idea that you can take me seriously. It's written by Dr. Luke. It's He's obviously very educated for his uh, day, and uh, he's addressing it to uh, uh, Theophilus, and I'll talk about him uh, later. But Luke's gospel is the only gospel of the four that has this kind of a preface in it, and here it is. This is on your on your handout if you, if you see it. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. May God bless the reading of his word. So again, just to uh, echo what you typically get from our senior pastor, I've tried to participate in the alliteration as best as possible. So we have a preface, and now we're going to talk about pattern, presentation, and purpose. That's probably as best I could come up with. Um, But the very first word is in as much as, okay? I dare you to use that in a sentence today. And don't say, I heard the word in as much this morning at base camp. That doesn't count, okay? You have to, I mean, this is, this is difficult, and I, I challenge you to use it. But it's the only time you'll see it in Scripture, for what it's worth. But let's look at the pattern of what's happening in these first two verses. So uh, Luke says, we see many have undertaken to compile an account. Uh, an account of what? The things accomplished among us. And, and how was that done? Uh, they were handed down to us by those who were eyewitnesses, uh, servants of the word, and they were there from the beginning. So why is that important? You know, imagine a time before the internet, before there were libraries, before the printing press, before you were literate, um, before any sort of easy mass communication. Like, how are you supposed to know that the church is open in the morning for base camp without those things? I mean, you're going to go ask a neighbor. You're going to go maybe talk to the people in the market. You might go find somebody in the temple because there's always somebody there. You might ask your doctor. Um, So think about how hard that would be. Second is now consider a time when uh, you've heard maybe probably your parents, possibly an older friend, tell you about a time back in the day that they were on some sort of, you know, trek or adventure or or doing something somewhere. Um, and you, and you politely listen, and you go, uh-huh, uh-huh, that sounds interesting, and maybe they're a good storyteller, maybe they're not. Maybe you've heard the story five times. I don't know. Now think about when you were on your own adventure, how you talked about it, uh, and the difference that it means to you when you're telling your own story. You have the details. You may, may, you may or may not be a really great communicator, but you're telling the story in a different way than you receive it. Um, but there is a difference. So if, if, if you and I go on this trip together, we can have a conversation about, oh, yeah, remember that time when we were out back doing the thing with the people in the, in the place? That y- we don't have to say as much. But now you try to communicate that to someone else. You have to get a little bit more detail. You have to deal with the fact that you're talking to the second generation. And that's the difference between the first generation and the second generation. So the first generation, they're the eyewitnesses to the actual events. The second generation, they know the witnesses. 
Okay, they saw the things accomplished among us. This is these are the words of Luke. So they not only saw their they know their parents, they know their parents were there, but they know that impact that whatever that event was had on their parents and the difference that it made maybe to their parents. Um, but it's it's a little bit of a different position. Then what happens back in the day? The second generation saw the first generation pass away before Jesus came back. There was an expectation that Jesus was coming right back. You know, he just left, he'll be right back. I mean, if you read 1 Thessalonians, you get a sense of urgency that we need to make, you know, we need to get things right with the Lord now because he's coming back probably this afternoon. I mean, that was the approach. We have lost that sense of urgency in a sense. Uh, but the, what didn't get lost on Luke was as this first generation started to pass away, uh, he got a sense of urgency saying, what are we going to do when these eyewitnesses leave us? Um, now, imagine that you're that literate, you're one of the few literate people out there. You're one of the few people uh, out there that others would turn to for answers and think of the responsibility you would have to pass that information on. Um, how would you do it? Um, let's see. The s uh, thank you for advancing my slide. I appreciate you, Dave. Um, the uh, next thing to consider as you're deciding, as Luke decides how we're going to do this, he's considering our uh, what sources we're going to use, right? There's a lot of these eyewitnesses out there. Some are better than others, right? You're going to... Uh, You've got to get information not just from the eyewitnesses, but from other people who maybe weren't eyewitnesses, but other people in the vicinity who would put some things into context. Uh, names of places, times and seasons, names of rulers, other significant people, groups of the day. Uh, it's all very important to frame the story. Um, you want to find a source who is trustworthy and who can provide uh, the ability to convey good details and say, I was there. Um, and remember, Luke probably had access at least potential access to some of these eyewitnesses when he wrote this, uh, and that's important. And it was important to the people he was trying to uh, write this for in the second generation. Um, finally, we have content. You know, what do we want to, now that we have our sources, what do we want to include? What do we not want to include? Uh, the storyteller has to decide these things. Uh, the Gospel of Luke is not a deliberate compilation of everything he heard from every eyewitness. He is, uh, he had to, make some decisions about which stories he was going to include and what he was not going to include. Uh, he, being a physician, being educated, he was used to investigating things. You don't want me operating on you or recommending anything medical to you because I didn't even sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night. I have access to WebMD and it doesn't even make sense to me. So you want to find somebody who's studied, who understands what, what could be going on, who has the information, and that's the kind of person that Luke was. He was used to being an investigator uh, as, a, as a physician. Um, one other thing that is implied, uh, uh, Luke says, many have undertaken uh, to, to write these things down. We have other Gospels, but there's also other uh, apocryphal Gospels, false Gospels. Uh, there are, you can uh, find uh, archaeological evidence and, and read uh, words from the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Peter, the Gospel of Mary. There's some others. And we're warned throughout Scripture to uh, be on the lookout for false teaching in a variety of ways. And these other Gospels are different both in the message and in their sources. Uh, here's some of the warnings that we, we have. 
this is Matthew 24, verses 5 and 6. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 2 through 4. For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I betrothed you to one husband, so that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray by the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. For if one comes and preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or you receive a different spirit from which you have not, uh, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you bear this beautifully. And of course, Galatians uh, mentions in chapter one. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. We've been warned. Uh, so why is it important for somebody to record the gospel in the first place? Or so what is the impact of what Luke did. The, the true story, as inspired by the Holy Spirit through Luke, uh, has in and of itself the power to change the ones who hear it. Uh, God uses the proclamation of his word in scripture to draw us to himself. And this is a different position from those who walked personally with Jesus, but it's also the same position that we find ourselves in today. So that's good news for us. Okay. Can I get the next slide for whoever is uh, capable of, of moving on. We're going to talk a little bit about the presentation. Uh, Luke set out his gospel with uh, three key elements, and that was to be thorough, to be accurate, and orderly. Uh, thoroughness. Uh, that means to be as complete as possible. Uh, there are miracles recorded in Luke's gospel only, and we'll see uh, that in uh, next week Luke covers the days before Christ's birth in greater detail. Uh, he alone includes this. These are the stories that are only in Luke. Think about this. Uh, the, the birth of John the Baptist, uh, the Annunciation, the relationship between Mary and Elizabeth, the watching shepherds, uh, Jesus' presentation in the temple, uh, the story of the Good Samaritan, the prodigal son, and the story of the ten lepers. Those are only in Luke. But those are awesome stories, aren't they? I mean, those are things that you hang on to. But, but Luke being... Uh, in his effort to be thorough, made sure that these were stories that he uh, uh, captured in, in his gospel. It was thorough, to say the least. Uh, accurate. Accuracy means where the details are involved, they are found out, carefully recorded. You know, in math, we have this idea of accuracy and precision. Uh, accuracy is the proximity of a measured value to a known standard. Uh, precision is how close two measures are to each other. So in basketball, you can be very precise and hit the backboard at the exact same spot every time because you're very precise and you could miss every time because you're not accurate. You know, accuracy is putting the biscuit in the basket. Uh, I don't, I, you know, there's not too much ESPN lingo here too early in the morning for that, but you, you get the idea. Um, precision can lead to accuracy, uh, but it does, it's not a guarantee. You can actually have one without the other. Luke's trying to be accurate. He's trying to make sure that his uh, uh, story, his gospel is accurate. Uh, finally, it's orderly. Uh, he Now, this word can mean, depending on the translation you've got, uh, in NASB, the one that I gave you on your sheet, you'll see that that means it's translated as, um, a in, uh, sorry, I think it says consecutive in that, in that translation. Other translations just talk about in an orderly way. Okay, so 
it, it, may, it may be that uh, he intended it to say, no, this is no kidding, the chronological order that it happened, or at least uh, if you don't agree with that or if you see that in conflict with some of the other Gospels, I hope you'll agree with me that it's at least a, a, an order that makes sense in the way that he's trying to tell his story. So um, it's certainly uh, orderly, but I got it if you want to quibble about you know, Luke's order versus others, and, and that's okay. But the, the point is uh, to um, emphasize Luke's uh, foundation in his attempt to do this, not just thorough, not just accurate, but in an order so that it would be acceptable. And remember, like Pastor Michael mentioned last week, he's writing to a Greek audience where that sense of order would be very important. Move on to the next slide, please. Um, his Luke's presentation is possibly like his, he would undertake his, uh, his other work, uh, and he's following this pattern of uh, others uh, trying to pass along things to later generations. But uh, we want to look at his purpose behind the preface. So his gospel is written to Theophilus, which may or may not have been an actual person. So uh, the style in which it was written would imply that it possibly was an actual person, whether or not that was the individual's name or a name they adopted for themselves. It may not be. We don't know for sure. We have no record of, of a person, Theophilus, that we could go find. Uh, it means uh, lover of God. Uh, so it could, you, know, you can take it to mean you know, yourself if you are a lover of God. Uh, or you can take it to mean that he Luke was writing with a specific person in mind. Um, but uh, regardless of if it's a person or if it's the person who loves God, he's, he's looking at that, that audience, that person to receive the message, and that's the, the burden he's trying to carry. I want to make sure that Theophilus gets the whole message. And you're, if you have an interested audience, you're going to prepare and write and, and convey your message a little bit more diligently, perhaps, than if you just are, you know, talking with um, somebody that is, you know, possibly a work colleague that, you know, wants to listen to you drone on about, you know, dress codes at church and things like that, which, by the way, did not go well for me yesterday, in case you're curious. You know, uh, people love their blue jeans, but I'm just going to leave that alone. Um, so uh, how will he do this? Uh, stories plus facts, okay? This is uh, powerfully compelling. Uh, our life group right now, we're studying the book Tactics by Greg Kukul. If you've ever heard of it, I, I know Pastor Marty's recommended it. I highly commend it to you. But um, uh, Kukul points out that a lot of people, when they're faced with an issue or something, they've got a quick story or a tagline to respond to it. You know, so, well, there's no God because there's a big bang. You know, or, you know, that my guy didn't, didn't win because it was rigged, you know, or, or whatever. But there's, there may not be a whole lot of evidence. You know, it's just a story that they like to say or they spout off. But when you take the story and then you add a lot of facts around it, uh, it becomes very compelling. So it's one thing to say, I've heard of the virgin birth. But then when you put it all in context with a, there's a star, there's, there's shepherds, there's, uh, you know, other, other events happening, people that were also there, and it puts it all in context. Now it's more than just oh, I've heard about this virgin birth. It's a, it's a powerful message. Just like any anytime else, when you hear somebody's story and then they tell you the facts behind the story, the stories that are true, you think, wow, that didn't sound real at first, but now I described, uh, now that you give me the rest of the facts, I, I get it. Um, infallibility is our next uh, point. Uh, this is a word with some baggage, if you will. Um, the word in Greek connotes security. Um, the other times that it's used uh, in Acts chapter 5 when the prison doors were locked securely or 
uh, in uh, First Thessalonians, Paul says people will talk and walk about in peace and security, and then the end comes. Um, remember, I mentioned Jesus is going to be right back. Uh, that's that's the way to talk about this. This uh, this uh, when uh, Luke says this this is true, you can trust it. This is the notion. This is a, s- a secure thing. You can be relied upon. Um, a good story with plenty of facts leads to security. You might even say that makes for an effective testimony in a courtroom. Um, it's believable. You might even swear it was true. Um, lastly, certainty. Uh, the written word helps us to be certain. Uh, we can refer back to it. Uh, my memory fades. Your memory fades. Um, Wikipedia can be edited by anybody. You know that, right? I mean, it's just if that's your, if you're like me and you're like, you know, there's no such thing as a trivia question that shouldn't be answered instantaneously. You know that the internet is, it's just that. It's just, you know, I don't know. Uh, but with the inspired word of God that's written down, we can read it and read it and reread it and be certain that God loves us. All right, let me go to the, the last slide here. Um, just to wrap up a, uh, a, a short 15-minute discussion about a single sentence in the, in the Gospel of Luke as we uh, uh, embark on our, on our journey, and it's going to be a journey. You're going to have to, uh, like I said, be, be prepared, uh, come prepared, read, study, be ready. Um, but it's, it's got a pattern. It's got a style in its presentation. It's got a powerful purpose. Uh, and its, its purpose is so that we can be certain of the good news. So I hope that you'll uh, be up for the challenge to study with us together this semester. Uh, and I'm excited about uh, getting to kick it off. I, I promise you they did ask me to come back for more than four verses. So I know it's kind of wussing out on the first, the first go, but uh, it'll, it'll be better. Uh, as we go. So here's our, our questions. First is, uh, tell, about, tell your group about a time when you were the eyewitness to a significant event. And then talk, you know, show how you use those other facts and other sources to kind of uh, contribute to your story. Um, second, how important is it to be thorough to you? You know, are you okay with just, I'm good with just the headlines? Or are you a, I got to read the whole article uh, kind of a guy. And how do you do that at home? Do you do that at work? How do you do that in other places? And then uh, lastly, and y- you may struggle with this, tell, talk about something of which you're certain in this last part. Talk about something you're not sure about. And then what's the difference? Why are, why are you uncertain? Um, if you have the courage to admit that you would be uncertain about things. Yeah. I hope you do. I know I am. But uh, one thing I'm certain is uh, God is good all the time. And uh, appreciate you guys listening this morning.